Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Once you find 2 Corinthians chapter 10, right. we're going to start there. And I'm going to talk tonight about a real important subject for all of us, and that is on warring mental warfare. Uh, you know, we all face mental warfare. Maybe it's the worst warfare we ever face. I know that, you know, I teach, over the years I've taught a lot in pastors' conferences, leadership conferences, uh, you know, several of them. And sometimes, you know, you'll teach on different subjects. Sometimes you maybe teach on the ministry of helps. I've, you know, sometimes they'll give you a theme we want to, we want to talk about. I've been told, let's, let's preach on the Holy Spirit. All good topics, you know what I'm saying. Uh, I was even one time teach on prosperity and was given the notes to preach, you know. It's all, it's all good stuff, you know, the Bible, Bible prosperity uh, because the, these pastors were struggling financially and they needed to know what the Bible said about prosperity. And so we taught on that. Uh, but if I had to pick one subject to sit down and talk with young ministers about, I'd probably talk about warring mental warfare. Because I just happen to know as a minister that uh, you face a lot of that a lot of mental warfare and you have to learn how to deal with that you don't have to learn how to rebuke that and stand against that and uh, fight that Come on. or the devil will sure try to get you to quit now that's true of every believer it's not just preachers but it seems like it gets magnified in the ministry you know it's like the devil you know he, he fight that he doesn't want you helping other people so if he can keep you beat up then you're it's hard to help other people if you're beat up Amen. The more blessed you are, how many of them bigger blessing you can be? Glory to God. Isn't that right? You know, I mean, uh, just think about financially. The, the more you have, the bigger blessing you can be. It's hard to be a blessing if you don't have anything. You're just trying to pay your own light bill. Trying to make your own way. But the more you get blessed, then the more you can be a blessing. And a good thing about that is that thing starts snowballing on you. You know, you start blessing and God blesses you back and, you know, and it gets, uh, it gets bigger. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And so uh, thank God, you know, for that, that the fact that the fact that, you know, that we have mental warfare means the devil's afraid of us. Right. Amen. Amen. You know, one lady said to one minister one time, she said, you know, the devil never bothers me. He said, well, maybe both are going the same direction. Amen. You know, if you never run into somebody, you're going the same way, right? You know, you know what I mean? The highway, you're going, you're going two different directions. You'll all meet up sometime. And so uh, we have to understand that, you know, our mind is where the battle's at. Our mind's where it's at. And we have to learn to deal with that. Amen. Amen. Rebuke thoughts. Fill our minds with good things. And don't just accept everything that comes along as the truth. Because it's not all the truth. Amen. Find 2 Corinthians? All right, let's go to the 10th chapter. I want to read a verse here. I have to get three verses here. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Go there. 2 Corinthians 10. And uh, I think you know probably where we're going, some of you. Verse 3. So Bob says, for though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. You know, we're still down here in this flesh, right? right. Nobody's got their glorified body here yet tonight, right? Amen. 
You know, Pastor Jerry kind of looks like he does, but it's still, yeah, he says he's close, just real close. He's almost, I think he thinks he's like in the transformation phase right now. It's, it's taking place. But how, how many know that we're all still in the flesh, right? But we don't have to war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, oh, we got a warfare, right? Our warfare. Everybody say our warfare. That means we got a warfare. So we have to understand we got a warfare. Now listen now, he, and he's going to talk about pulling down strongholds. We'll read that in just a minute, but I want to make these comments. He, I want you to read this, knowing this. He's not talking about uh, strongholds in the heavenlies. That's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about strongholds in your mind. Amen. Amen. See, a lot of people are trying to take the city and they've never conquered this city. Come on. You got to conquer this one. Amen. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're but mighty. <laughs> hey, hallelujah. Through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down, the King James uses the word imaginations. I like that word because, you know, that's exactly what the devil does. He gives you imaginations. Right? Now, I think New King James says arguments. And that's a good word, too, because he gives you arguments against the word. You know, this word imaginations means, it means computations. You may know what a computation is. It's, it's the action of mathematical calculation. So what it's saying is the devil will give you thoughts, calculated thoughts to try to get you to calculate in your mind how it's not going to happen, how it's not going to come to pass. Am I the only one that ever has to deal with these issues? Are y'all, y'all about perfect by now? I mean, understand, you know, the devil, he'll bring all kinds of thoughts to you why, why you're not going to get healed this time, why you're not going to get your needs met this time, why this isn't going to come to pass, why that isn't going to come to pass. I mean, he'll flood you with thoughts. Now you understand the devil's got people that work for him. Amen. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But it says we've got to cast down. What do we got to do? We've got to cast down those imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. See, so, so one of the greatest weapons that we have is the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity ev every thought uh, to the obedience of Christ. Now, captivity, that means you arrest them, right? You don't have to raise your hand, but just a question, just amusing. Anybody ever been arrested? They take you into captivity. And they're really nice. They want, a, they want a picture of you to put in their album, you know. So it's great. It's a great experience, believe me. But how many understand the reason you're taken into captivity is because you were doing something wrong. You were doing something wrong. Amen. And so you were dangerous, and you were arrested. Well, I, I, I mean, that's the way these thoughts are. If you don't understand, thoughts can get you in trouble really quick. Amen? There, there, there's a scripture, and we won't look at it, but there's a scripture, and, and I've taught on this before, but it really it's worth talking about again. And that's in First Timothy or 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, where Paul said, God's not given us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. 
Now that word, sound mind, when you break it down to its root, when you kind of do a little word study on it, take it down, one of the things it means is safe thinking. It's a, it's a Greek word, sophronismos. And one of the things it means is safe thinking. God's given us the power to have safe thinking. So not all thinking is safe thinking. Sometimes we think thoughts that torment us. Well, I can't help it. Well, see, that's where the devil lies to you. Because you can help it. I know sometimes it seems like you can't help it, but, I, but you know, I guarantee if you open your mouth, start praising God, and do a little dance around the room, a lot of those thoughts will leave. Yep. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So you can counteract them. See, see you got to know there's a, whole, there's a whole, like it's a whole other life going on on the inside of you. Has anybody ever been talking to you before and you're not, you're not hearing much of anything they say, your, your mind's somewhere else? That's what husbands are for. <laughs> What's going on? Well, you got, even though there's a world going on on the outside, you got a world going on on, on the inside. And it's that world that's going to determine that one on the inside, whether you're, you're going to have victory and joy and peace in this life. And don't tell me you can't have victory, joy, and peace when all hell bro has broken out because I've stood in the pulpit after all hell's broke out. And nobody knew it. More than once. I could tell you some stories of some bad news I got right for I'm getting ready to preach. But the joy of the Lord's my strength. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, over the years, over 40 years, I mean, I've had some things hit me. I won't name them. I won't, I won't bring it up. But anyway, so you can have, you can have these things, but you can't, you can't allow your mind to control you. It'll try to control your life. Amen. And so you have to learn to begin to deal with that and say, no, I'm casting that down. I'm not going to meditate on that. Amen. I'm not going to meditate on it. So it's, it's, this, it's what's going on the inside of you that's going to determine whether you have victory. The, the, you know, we, we know, we, we know the scripture, or we, you, you should probably. The Proverbs says that as a man thinketh in his heart, that's the way he is. So the way you think, that's, that, you know, it sets your boundaries in life. I remember going visit a, a, a family one time years ago, and uh, you know they, they were sweet people, but man, they were they were they were really poor. They, I mean, I went to their house, and, and listen, I'm, this isn't a put down. It's just kind of a, I'm I'm saying this for so you get a picture of what I'm talking about. But I went in their house. Uh, it was so bad; it's almost like you didn't want to sit down because they just they had nothing, you know. But the whole family worked hard. It wasn't they were lazy, they worked hard. But a spirit of poverty had attacked their life and had taken them over. And their mindset was poor. Their mindset was poverty. And you see that all the time where you, 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 you maybe, you know, the, you, you, somebody gets some help, they get financial help, they get blessed, and the next thing they're poor again. You see that with people that win the lottery. I've seen it with professional athletes that, you know, uh, I'm thinking about one. And, and he went bankrupt. He went broke. And he'd make $30 million a fight. And I'm thinking, how do you go broke? Can't, can't you put a few, few of those bucks back? But it's this poverty mindset because of where he came from. You know what I'm saying? You can, just because you got money doesn't mean your mind's renewed to prosperity. 
It just means you got, you're a poor man with a lot of money. And you're going to end up right back where your mind's going to take you right back to where you were. You see, we're not transformed by the giving of money. We're transformed by the renewing of the mind. So you could, you could bless somebody that's got a poverty mentality and has a poverty spirit on them. You can bless them, but in a little while, they'll be right back where they were because that's, that, that, that demon's got a hold of their mind. See, the, the devil's after your mind. The Bible says he blinds the minds of those that don't believe, lest the light, the light of the glorious gospel shines unto them. See, he knows if he doesn't blind the light of the gospel, the gospel will make you free. Amen. Because you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. Amen. Hallelujah. So we have to, we have to understand that. So he attacks our mind. Because if he can keep your mind, he can keep your, he can keep your victory. See, I told you, I've told you the story many, many times. You may get tired of hearing it, but it just really marked me after I got saved about how powerful your mind is, how your mind can deceive you. If the devil can get you to believe thoughts, I mean, he can deceive you. I've met people that thought, you know, things about themselves that just wasn't true. I mean, I've seen people that were skinny as a zipper. And they thought, I'm fat. I'm thinking, no, this is what fat looks like. Look here. You're skinny. But, you know, they really believe that because they, the devil got a stronghold in their mind. Amen. And I met people, you know, they thought, they thought different things about them. Oh, I'm ugly. And they weren't ugly. Amen. You know, and they, they begin to think things because the devil gets a stronghold. But I, I, when, I was a t when I was a young man, I was like, I don't know, 18, maybe 19, probably 19. I, I, I've told you this story. Okay, y'all know this and you can tell it yourself, but it just, it just really registered on me after I got saved. Me and some friends went to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. You know, we're not saved. And so, you know, wasn't much good came out of it. One of us got thrown in jail while there. And it wasn't me. Thank God I wasn't the one. It was the other one, one of the other ones. And he got thrown in jail. But we, we were doing our thing in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. This was years ago. There wasn't much, near as much there as there is now, you know. And so, but there was a, and I don't think it's there now, but there was a, there was like a three-dimensional string thing. They called it the Chevy Show. And I think they called it that because I think maybe the Chevy Corporation maybe sponsored it. I don't really know why. But I just remember we walked into this place. And it's like a theater, you know, level at, as you walk in and it slants, you know, with the seats and all. And there's a bar there, you know. And I'm thinking, what's this bar for, you know? But we, it was so filled up. We, me and my three friends, we stood up and we're watching these things on the screen. You know, like you're skiing down a mountain, you, you run into a pole, you're in a, you're in a car, you rear in another one, different things like that. But the one thing that stood out to me was they put us on a um, uh, roller coaster, which I don't like roller coasters. I don't, I don't like things that make you throw up. And anyway... I, I, you know, I, we get, we get to, on this roller coaster, and this thing goes screaming around this curve, and next thing you know, I'm leaning over like this. My friend is leaning over, and the other one's leaning over on me. And we're on level floor. You understand? We're not going anywhere. But my mind was convinced that we were on a roller coaster, and it said lean, and my body leaned. Now, after I got saved, I, that began to, I began to think about that, and I thought, now, that just shows you how powerful your mind is if you don't learn to get control of it. It will control your life, and you can live your life, the rest of your life, sad, beat down, depressed, and it's all because of your mind 
Right? Because everybody else has the same... We all live in the same nasty world. We all have circumstances. We all got, we all got issues that we have to face. All of us do. But yet some of us live up, some of us live down. Why do people commit suicide? Because of their thoughts. They began thinking things that were dangerous. Amen. You know, I'd be better off dead. That's not true. You're better off alive and living for Jesus. Hallelujah. And especially if you don't know the Lord, man, your worst day is just about to come. But if you, you know, see, see, the devil lies to people. And, 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 but thank God as believers, we got the truth right here. Amen. We got the truth and we can, we can do what the Bible says, bring every thought into captivity, the obedience of Christ. Bring everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bring it into captivity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, we have to understand that this is our job, not God's job. Amen. Go to Ephesians chapter uh, 6. I hope this is making sense tonight. Making any sense? Ephesians chapter 6. So we're going to be warring men of warfare all of our Christian life. It's, you know, it's not going to stop. You get better at it. It gets easier. But you still have to fight. Every new circumstance, the devil will try to tell you it's not going to work out. I mean, you can get healed 20 times. And, you know, you, get a, you have to fight something different. And the devil says, well, you're not going to get healed this time. Well, I healed the last 20 times. Yeah, but this time's different. And he will do what the Bible says. He will bring imaginations, arguments, yep. reasonings. You have to learn to cast that down. Yep. Amen. Amen. Now, I want, to, I want us to look at Ephesians chapter 6. We, we, we don't, we're not going to read all these verses in, in, about the armor of God, but I want us to look at a couple of verses. Uh, first of all, go to verse 12. The Bible says, For we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Uh, so our, our, we're, not, we're not in battle with the, you know... You know, sometimes it, it looks like we're in battle with people, but we're not in battle with people. It's demonic forces, right? You know, if you get the, the devil out of your, your, up, your party, uh, I'd, probably like, I'd probably like your party, but you've got to get the devil out of there. You know what I'm talking about, political parties. Amen. And when you've got one political party that votes to kick God out, I, I have a problem with you. I have a real problem with you. A real problem with you. I'm sorry. I have a real problem with you. Now, why? Because you, if you kick God out, you don't just kick God out and you have nothing. The devil fills the vacuum. When we kick, the, when we kick God, not us, but when America kicked God out of the school, the devil came in. I mean, I remember, the, I remember when I was going to school, man, our, our problem wasn't guns and all. You know, it's putting tax in the teacher's chair. We had this one teacher. I don't know. He was just slow. We got him about every day. He was a good guy, you know, or he killed us all. But, you know, you know, spitballs and tacks in the teacher's chair and ink in his thermos. You know, just nice stuff is what we did. But you look today, it's, it, man, that, it's terrible, you know. Why? Well, you know, you, you, you know, listen, you can say what you want to about it, but honestly, it's because we've let the devil in. And he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. 
And if we left, if we left God and prayer and the Bible, we wouldn't have these problems. I don't, you know, I, I don't know um, what people are thinking, but they're not thinking right, that's for sure. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in the high places. So we're in a battle, everybody. Listen, we're not in battle with flesh and blood. We're not in battle with people. It's demons that, that these people are yielding to. Amen. I've often said some, some of these politicians, you can't get that dumb on your own. You have to have help. You can't. It's supernatural stupidity. And that's the devil. Amen. But, but I'm talking about us on a personal level here now. Our battle is not with flesh and blood. Our battle, we have a battle against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, wicked spirits in the heavenly places or high places. What is it they're after? They're after your mind. And he tells us one piece of our armor in verse 17 is take the helmet of salvation. See, what, that, what is that? That's, to me, that's knowledge of your salvation. The devil can't take advantage of you if you know what belongs to you. If you don't know what belongs to you, how many know he can take advantage of you? If you don't stand for what belongs to you, how many know he can take advantage of you? You got to learn to stand for what belongs to you. Hallelujah. Amen. You do it at a restaurant, why don't you do it with your spiritual life? I had beans coming with this. Where's my beans? Well, all right. See, so you stand for, you, 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 we learn how to stand in some areas. We've got to stand in all areas. Amen. And so we have to understand, you know, the devil, he, his principalities, his powers, his, his helpers, you could say, they're after your mind. See, Peter said it like this. He said, the devil walks about as a roaring lion. Now, listen to the way he says this, because this is good. Seeking whom he may devour. You know, may implies he's got to have permission. If I come to your house and say, you know, may I have a Pepsi? That means you could say no. I'm asking for permission. Now I go to Pastor Jerry's house. I don't even ask. I just get in his refrigerator and take it out. But anyway, because that's the way he does me. So I do him back that way. But, you know, and I'm cool with it. He can have anything. There's times he's been at my house before I, I got there and there was all kinds of candy wrappers around his chair. I thought, well, he found my candy. And I'm cool with it. I'll share. But see, may means permission has to be granted. He's not just devouring everybody. So how does he do it? Well, if he can get you to think wrong thoughts and keep them in your mind and start acting on them, then he'll, get, he'll devour you. Amen. But we all have, we all have to deal with those because we all face wrong thoughts, right? How many ever thought a wrong thought? How many thought a wrong thought today? Those of you that don't think you thought a wrong thought, that's a wrong thought. That's a lying thought. Because we, we all have to deal with them every day, right? I've never had a day in my life where the devil said, hey, I'm, 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 I'm taking a day off. Why don't you? Never. He shows up every day. I'm not giving him glory. I'm just saying, if you could say anything good about the devil, he's good at being a devil. Amen. He's persistent. But thank God we've got weapons, hallelujah, that are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of those strongholds. And the greatest weapon we have is sitting right in your lap 
It's, your, it's called the Word of God. When you know the truth about something, it sets you free. See, the more you know, you know what I'm saying? You know, uh, you know, there's certain things like flying an airplane. You have to have a lot of knowledge. But a guy that's done, you know, I've met guys, I've got, like, I've got one, one friend. He's done it for, oh, gosh, I don't know, maybe 40 years. I don't know, maybe longer than that. And so it doesn't, he doesn't freak out. He doesn't freak out. Why? Because knowledge is power. Amen? Knowledge is power. Now, you know, if you've never done it, it's like I heard a minister say one time, he said, I was flying with this guy. This guy was kind of a, he wasn't a real experienced pilot, you know, but, you know, he knew how to fly and he's going to fly me to a meeting. He said, so I'm flying with him and uh, we got in a thunderstorm and it was bad. And he said, this guy just freaked out. And he said, he said, we're going to die. That's great to hear that from the pilot. Hey, pastors, just want to let you know, we're all going to die. They will be serving drinks in just a little bit. Well, you know, the thing of it was, this guy just freaked out. And he said he stopped flying. He just lost it. He said, I had to fly the airplane for an hour. He said, I've never flown an airplane. But he said, for an hour, I had to keep the airplane in the air, which, you know, isn't all that difficult if you've got a little bit of sense about you. You know, you can keep it up there. You know, it's just you've got to bring it down sometime. <laughs> That's where it gets tough. Getting it up there is, you know, it's not all that hard getting it up there. It's getting it, up, it's getting it back down. It's like Brother Copeland said, Jesse DePlanis told him one time, he said, Brother Copeland, he said, I've been flying up here with my pilot, you know, for a while, watching what he does. He said, I think I can almost land this thing. Brother Copeland said, Jesse, you know what almost landing a plane is? It's a crash. Well, I thought, you know, but not, I mean, when you know something, how I many of you are just cool about it? I do things now, you know. I mean, I, dro I drove here. I, I, didn't, I didn't freak out over anything. Phyllis might have, but I didn't. Because <laughs> I've been doing it for so long. It's just, it's just, I got the knowledge, man. But, you know, I remember the first time you, you drive or the second time you're taking driver's ed, you know. And you, you know, you get a little nervous because you don't have all the knowledge and all the, you know. But when you have the knowledge of the Word of God, the devil can't take advantage of you. Not only that you know it, but you live it, you confess it, you, 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 you believe for it. Amen. And so thank God. Knowledge is power. Amen. And then there's the name of Jesus. How about that? Then there's the blood of Jesus, right? Amen. You know, so, so the devil's after your mind. One of the things, one of the, one of the cool stories... And he is probably the worst guy. <laughs> he probably had the worst problem anybody in the Bible. It was the madman of Gadara. I don't think Jesus ministered to anybody any worse than this guy. I mean, this guy was in the tombs. He was cutting himself with stones, you know, and all. And, and, and uh, wore no clothes. They couldn't, they couldn't bind him with chains. He'd break the chains, the fetters, pluck them apart. But I like it when Jesus got him delivered. What the scripture says was he was clothed and in his right mind. Before he wasn't in his right mind. How did the devil get a hold of him? He got a hold of him through his mind because he began to think thoughts that weren't scriptural. Hallelujah. Every, every service God's here, the word comes forth to renew our minds, doesn't it? Hallelujah. We got to be like the psalmist said, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. 
go to 1 Timothy. We're, we're winding down right here at 1 Timothy. Uh, let's go there. We're just talking about warring mental warfare. There's always going to be mental warfare, but we've got to learn to war it. We've got to learn. You know, does the devil attack your mind, Pastor? No, he never bothers me. He's afraid of me, and he just doesn't ever bother me. No, he, 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 came, he attacked Jesus, right? Amen. So, yeah, he attacks my mind. He attacks, you know, he, he attacks, I have to learn that I can't live by that. I've got to learn to rebuke that. I'm a minister. I get, I get, I get extra attack. Like he'll tell you, you might as well quit the ministry. You might as well stop. You, you're done. You know, you say the devil tells you that. Yeah, but I don't listen to it. No, oh, I've had a time or two. I've listened to it, and I, but only for about 15 minutes. Phyllis knows that. She knows I've came home before and threw my Bible on the bed, so I'm done. Not with God, but, you know, I go sell vacuums like Barney Fife. <laughs> of course, that didn't work well for Barney, but anyway, you have to watch Andy Griffith. If you don't, you're just missing it, and you, you're just not totally saved yet. But anyway, uh, you know, I, I realized, you know, when I did that, I remember doing that one night. I, said, Man, I remember what I was going on is I'd had enough of it. You know, I, I had enough of this. Tossed my Bible on the bed. said, I'm done with that. Not the Bible, but I'm done, you know, with the ministry. I'll do something else. Fifteen minutes later, I had to go back there and pick my Bible up. I said, well, I guess I'm not done. <laughs> you got to fight those fights, right? So I don't want you to think that, you know, that, you know, hey, it's just rosy. We all just walk around this cocoon, have these sweet thoughts all the time. No, we all face them. But we got to learn to do mental warfare and learn, to, and learn to realize that's an enemy. That's the devil coming against me. That's one of the devil's uh, henchmen coming to try to destroy my life, try to make me miserable. See, if the devil can't kill you, he'll sure try to make you miserable while you're living. He will. And so he'll, he'll attack you, you know, and all and say, well, you know, you're... You know, people at church, I've even heard this, people at church are tired of you. They've heard all your stories, and so give them a fresh preacher. And the way you're being quiet, I, I guess it must be the truth. I just... But I'm not going anywhere. You'll just have to go, because I'm staying here as long as God says stay here. Amen. All right? Hallelujah. So I've, I've just learned, you know, I've learned that's the devil. Now, are you saying, Pastor, you never listen to those things? Oh, yeah, I might listen for, for a few hours during the day, and then I rake up and realize I'm being tormented here by the devil. This is the devil. I've got to rebuke him, tell him to get out of here. Amen. I've got to fight some, I've got to war some mental warfare. This isn't God. God never puts thoughts in your mind to depress you and make you sad. He always said, Jesus always said, be a good cheer. Amen. God says, the Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness. Aren't you glad it doesn't say sadness? It says gladness. Why? God likes glad people. Amen. And you know, after all He's done for us, we ought to be glad. Well, of course, we all face those times. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not, I'm not preaching some utopia where we never face down times. You know, we, have, we have to fight through those. I said we have to fight through those. We all face them. We have to fight through them. We have to realize that's not reality. That's an attack. How many realize, how many know you know when you're being attacked physically, right? You don't feel right. You can tell it. Well, the same thing happens spiritually. You get attacked spiritually. You're not feeling right spiritually. You're not feeling right uh, in your soul. 
You're not feeling right in your mind. You're under a spiritual attack. And you better wake up to it. Amen. And, and, and do something about it. What do you do when you don't feel well physically? What do you do? I mean, what do you do? Well, you should pray, right? Maybe you get some medicine. I don't know. This depends on what you think. Take it in faith. Amen. Because, uh, you know, when you listen to the, when you, when you hear the things they say about the medicine, you know, they always tell you that this will help this, and then they, when they give you the side effects, might kill you. It's like, okay. Might, it might fix this problem, but kill you, but your problem will be fixed. Well, I mean, you better, you better I, I'd probably just throw that away, to be honest with you. But anyway, you better take it in faith, right? But why are you taking it? You're taking it to get better. See, the same thing's true. You have to take God's medicine to get better, which is His Word. I'm, talking about, I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about just physically. I'm talking about when you're attack, under attack, when your mind's under attack. Like David said, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. You got to go to the rock, praise God. I remember one time going to their service, guys. I don't, I don't even remember now what was going on, but it, it was a ministry thing. Brother, I'm telling you, I was under heavy attack. My mind was really being assailed that, that day, and it had been for, probably for a few days. But I walked into this service, you know, and I'm, I'm like, I, you know, I don't even want to be there. You know what I'm saying? And I like church, but I'm under attack. But see, that's the way the devil is. He'll try to keep you from going where you need to be. And that's why you see people that they get under attack, they quit coming to church. It's the worst thing you could possibly do. This is the hospital. Amen. Well, I just don't want it to go where they're all happy. Well, gee, that's where you need to be. Besides, as bad as you are, I don't know if a truckload of us could help you anyway. It's going to take God. And so I went to church that, well, I went to church that night, and I'm telling you, you know, we worship God, praise God, the anointing's moving. I can't tell you what happened, but I left that certain, well, I can tell you what happened. I got in a place where, deli- where healing was taking place, where deliverance was taking place. And I left that service. I mean, I don't know what was troubling me, but man, it was gone. Hallelujah. Because there was weapons being wielded in that church, man. We're singing about the name of Jesus. We're praising God. The word's being preached. I left. Praise God, I'm delivered. Hallelujah. God's given us the mind of Christ. What's Christ mean? He's given us an anointed mind. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Look at 1 Timothy. Let's look at this. Come on. Act like you're getting something now. 1 Timothy, verse 18, 118, 118. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on to you, that you by them might war a good warfare. So what's Paul telling Timothy? He said, man, the devil, you know, uh, the devil's going to attack your mind, and you got and the prophecies that you've received, you can war a good warfare with them. Yep. Yep. Now I've got, now I'm going to say some things, and I want you to listen now. I've gotten a lot of good prophecies over the year, the years. And some of them had to do with ministry, you know, things that I'm going to do in ministry, God's called me to do. Now, all that hasn't come to pass. Now, as you get older, you begin to think, God, uh, you might want to hurry here. 
And the devil will start, he'll start saying things to you. Well, it's never going to come to pass. It's never going to come to pass. But here's what I've learned. You've got to fight with those prophecies. That's what Paul told Timothy. He said, well, pastor, I've never had a prophecy in my life. Okay. Maybe you haven't. Usually that means that you don't need it. Amen. Or you're going to a carnal dead church. But you don't have any spiritual friends. I mean, Pastor Jerry gave me one the other night. It just really encouraged me. The other morning was a morning. It really encouraged me. It's right there. Anyway, and so, but here's the thing. If, if you don't have any prophecies, you got promises. I mean, thank God for prophecies, you know, that are truly a God. Thank God for that. Paul said, he told Timothy, fight with those things. What, what, what must be happening with Timothy? Paul must have known Timothy was under attack in the ministry. His mind was being assailed. The devil was telling him, you're not going to do it. You're not going to make it. You're not, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work out. And Paul said, hey, son, fight with the prophecies you got. You got prophecies telling you what was going to happen in your ministry. Fight with them. Fight the devil with them. Say, wait a minute, devil. Here's what God said. Because yeah. I mean, if it's truly from God, it's what God said. Yeah. Amen. 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 And you know, we've all gotten prophecies from, most of us have probably gotten prophecies that were truly from God. Amen. I know there's some dud prophecies. A friend of mine said, I, 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 he was at a church. I might, it might have been his church. I can't remember now. But he said, a lady got up and she said, began to prophesy and said, as, uh, as uh, uh, Joshua, what was it? She said, as Joshua led the children of Egypt, or Israel out of Egypt, as Joshua led the children of, of Israel across the Red Sea, and on and on it went. And she sat down. And now all the Bible literate people thought it was Moses that led the children of Israel out of Egypt and across the Red Sea. Well, everybody can make a mistake. How do you know that? But you don't want to compound the mistake like she did. Then she stood up and said, the Lord thy God hath made a mistake. <laughs> that weren't Joshua. It was Moses. Okay, lady. We, you know, we probably need to correct that part right there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, you know, you would, you, you, anybody can miss it. We're human beings. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, let's don't make it any worse. Amen. But, I mean, we've all gotten true prophecies, right? Go to James. You get anything tonight? Amen. So what I wanted to say to you about that scripture, maybe this, maybe this doesn't mean a whole lot to you, but the thing of it is, Paul told him you can fight with those prophecies. Well, if you can fight with prophecies, you can fight with promises for sure. Fight with those. And I'm, I'm going I'm to tell a story as you're turning there. It's a Brother Hagin story that I heard Brother Hagin tell years ago. He said, you know, he said, uh, a pastor friend of his in the city there in uh, Tulsa, Broken Arrow, he said, uh, he said, to Brother Hagin, he said, there's a, there's a young man in my church that's in the hospital, and, and uh, he's bad. Uh, he said, 
is there any way you can come by and, and pray for him? And Brother Ang said, well, I will when I you know, get done teaching school today. I'll come by. And he, he went by the hospital. And he, and he said, I began to pray for him. And as I was praying, the Lord said to me, he said, uh, things have been set in motion that cannot now be reversed. He said, I didn't know what that meant. But he knew it wasn't good, you know. Things have been set in motion that cannot now uh, be uh, reversed. And so, um, Brother Hagin, you know, he, he, a lot of times us preachers, we, we will pray polite prayers. In case you don't know that. We, we know that there's no faith there, but whatever. And so... Uh, he prayed, and he said, you know, when he was leaving, the uh, pastor said, uh, did God say something to you? He said, well, uh, yeah, he did. He said, uh, the Lord said to me, uh, things have been set in motion that cannot now be reversed. And so the pastor said, well, in other words, he's going to die. And Brother Hagin said, yeah. And the pastor said, well, I kind of felt that. He said, I don't know what this means. So the young man died. He was 39 years old, you know. Uh, just just a few days from turning 40. And uh, Brother Hagin went by the funeral home, you know, went to the funeral, and the pastor was there. And the pastor said, I want his brother to tell you, I want you to tell his brother what the Lord said to you. So he told his brother, the young, the young man's brother, he said, the Lord said, things have now been set in motion that cannot now be reversed. He's, and, and Brother Hagin said, I don't know what that means, do you? And his brother said, oh, yeah, I know what it means. He said, all his life, he said, I will never live to see 40. Always lying. See, he let the devil get a stronghold in his mind that he wasn't going to make it past 40. And at 39, right, a few days before 40, he passed on. Now, what the Lord was saying was because he set that in motion, only he can turn that around. And he, he's unconscious, so he can't do it. Now, the young man went to heaven. Thank God. Hallelujah. But what happened here? Well, something got, he let the devil get a hold of his mind. And he began speaking it out. Right? It's no different than some people that say, I'll never have anything. I'll never amount to anything. I'll never have anything in life. I'll never, you know, I'll never get out of debt. You know, I'll never get healed of this. Come on, I've heard Christians say, I'm stuck with this the rest of my life. Well, where did that thought come from? Let's think about it. Did that come from the Bible? Does the Bible say you're stuck with that for the rest of your life? No, the Bible says you're delivered. So you're, you've allowed a wrong thought. Now, I've had many Christians tell me that. Many. I don't always correct them, you know, because sometimes you're not supposed to. But, you know, I've had many Christians tell me, well, I'll have this the rest of my life, you know. I mean, I'll just have this the rest of my life. Well, you will. You will. Uh, but you don't have to. Amen. Now, look what James said. Let's close right here. This is, this is a powerful, powerful verse. He said in, in James chapter 4, Verse 7, he said, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. That word resist means oppose him. When he comes with those wrong thoughts, oppose him. But one of the things we have to do first is submit. Right? So I, I, this is not very pleasant to talk about, but I, I'm going to say it anyway. I was going down the line uh, at, at church in another state praying for people some years back, and there was a prayer line, and I'm praying for people, and I'm praying for this one, and I get to this one, and he says to me, he says, I have trouble with lustful thoughts. It was a man. 
He says, I have trouble with lustful thoughts. Well, when he said that to me, I heard the word, and I mean it came from the Holy Ghost, I heard the word pornography. So I said, do you view pornography? He said, yes. I said, well, you got to stop that. Because those thoughts aren't going anywhere if you're submitted to the devil. Amen? you gotta, you got to submit yourself to God and then resist Him and He'll flee. If you're not submitted to God, He'll laugh at you. But if you're submitted to God, you can take authority over those things. Amen. You have to be submitted. That doesn't mean we're perfect, but, you know, we, 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 you know if we know we got errors that aren't submitted, how I many know we should submit them? This man knew that he shouldn't be doing this. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. So he should know you can't do this and then get in a prayer line and ask for deliverance. Now, I can pray for you to get delivered from that bondage, you know, of pornography, but you're not going to get rid of the thoughts until you get rid of that. Does that make sense? So there's things like that where we, we give the devil place and then we want to rebuke him and he, he's not going anywhere unless we're submitted. Amen. You know, we can do things physically that we know we shouldn't be doing. They, and, they, and they may not necessarily be sin, but how I many you can do things to hurt your physical body you know you shouldn't be doing? Amen. Uh, and and you got you to submit to God. Don't y'all look so mean. You got to submit to God. Amen. And then you can resist the devil. And then you can oppose him and then he'll flee. But not as long as you're budding up with him. There are people, I don't know why I'm saying this, but there are people that... Man, they have, they, they, they've had bitterness towards somebody for 50 years, 40 years. And they have all kinds of physical problems and don't realize it's because you're not submitted to God in the area of forgiveness. Right? See, I know a guy, listen to me now, not, 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 I mean, not all sickness is because you're doing something wrong. Let's make that clear. There's a devil out there. There's a cursed world, world, right? There's a body, amen, that's made of dust. And it needs God's healing power. But yet, there are a lot of times people get sick and diseases because they they're not submitted to God. Amen. You know, I, I, I remember a couple that I knew, a couple guys, you know, and one of them had borrowed some money off one of the guys and he never paid it back, you know. And the other guy got bitter over it. He got mad over it. And it's like, man, chill out, you know. Uh, it's, it's just not worth it, you know what I'm saying? And he, he, he said, I'm not, basically, he basically said it this way. I'm not going to forgive him ever. Did you know that guy got bone cancer? And he died. And I'm totally convinced it's because the Bible says envy rots the bones. It wouldn't have been better him just say, you know what, hey man, uh, I just sow that as a seed. Let God bless me. Amen. So we think about it, like like a, a lady one time told this minister, she said, 
you know, she was in the prayer line for healing now. She's, and I don't remember, it might have been arthritis or something. I can't remember now what it was. It might have been arthritis. And he said, you know, she, he said, when she stood in front of me, he said, I, I got the word something about her husband. He said, what's this about your husband? She said, well, uh, he messed up 15 years of my life and I'm never going to forgive him. He said, I said to her, well, you want to be healed? Yeah. Well, then you'll need to forgive him. Well, I'm not going to do it. Well, that's plain enough, isn't it? But he said, he said well, ma'am, all I can tell you then is just let him mess up the next 15 years. And he just moved on and didn't even pray for her. Why? Because he knew there's no point. You've got to be submitted to God. God says, forgive everybody, love everybody, walk clean, walk holy. Amen. Worship him. Right? And when we do those things, then praise God. When we're submitted to God, then the devil, he has to flee from us. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. And so when he attacks your mind, amen, just, you know, just be submitted to God. Praise God. And watch him flee. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God we, we have victory. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.